Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, if you don't know Barbie the movie has gone bananas, you'd surpass me as a cultural backwater. It's now officially Billion Dollar Barbie, joining just 53 other movies of all time to hit that threshold at the box office. We're in a prime cultural moment. Brands are doing pink burgers and pink merch is everywhere. And perhaps no surprise, women are loving it. They're taking circa 70% of Barbie's box office tickets. Add Oppenheimer to the mix, launched on, let's call it, say, Barbie Day, July 21, and you can see how the Barbenheimer phenomenon was born. Now, if you're not across Barbenheimer, well, maybe get out of marketing or listen to this one because on the mics today for a recap and breakdown of this breakout cultural moment is Hoyt CEO Damon Keogh and Val Morgan Managing Director Guy Burbage. They're seeing the numbers and the impact these two movies are having. And no doubt they're probably feeling a little vindicated by their strategic pitch to blue chip brands earlier this year in which they argue that most are so obsessed by sport as the default option to tap culture that they're missing a trick or three. Esports, live theatre and the box office, of course, were other core cultural tapping activities that are massively undercooked by marketers for slipstreaming culture and community. So let's get to a direct download on Barbenheimer from those at the coalface. Welcome, Damien Keogh and Guy Burbage. Damien, let's start with you first. The numbers, the water cool moments, it's just a little crazy out there, isn't it? Um, how big is Barbie and Barbenheimer versus what you've seen in your time at, at Hoyts? And I think you're about to crack about 40 years at Hoyts, aren't you, Damien? <laughs> well, let's just say last 10 years. And in, in the last 10 years, there have been some big moments, obviously the reboot of Star Wars, um, Avengers, uh, particularly the, the the final Avengers, um, Top Gun last year was very big, but this Barbenheimer f- phenomenon has has been massive. We've had a couple of the biggest weeks we've had in the history of the company uh, on the back of it. Uh, Barbie is is currently in the seventy million plus range. Um, it's a very very good chance to to maybe end up top five movies of all time in Australia, and in doing that, it'll have to hit uh, eighty five million and overtake. Uh, the final Avengers movie. So, and then on the other hand, you've got Oppenheimer, a three-hour biopic on um, the guy who invented the atom bomb in World War Two. Chris Nolan, renowned as one of the great uh, movie makers worldwide, and and that was another movie we probably thought was going to do maybe twenty to twenty-five million at the box office. It's on track now for at least thirty-five million dollars at the Australian box office. So. It's, it is certainly a phenomenon. They've, Barbenheimer, they've dragged each other along, but particularly, I guess, as you indicated in your introduction, that the marketing of Barbie, the IP around Barbie, the, the publicity tour, the memes, the social media, uh, people have come dressed up in pink to our, our, our Barbie screenings. It's now heading into its fifth week and it, it still is the number one movie in town. So it, it has just been, it's hit it out of the park. It's uh, It is a great piece of original content. Globally, we're at about a billion dollars, Damien? Yes. Now, globally, it's heading to $1.3 billion, which will uh, overtake Super Mario as the biggest movie globally. Of, of the year. So it hasn't just been in, in Australia and the US. This is a, a worldwide phenomenon. 
what's the biggest movie by by chance? What's the biggest of all time? Uh, the biggest of all time uh, remains Avatar, the first Avatar. Yeah, uh, around, I'm not sure the figure, probably a couple of billion dollars, yeah. Well, go Barbie. So the other interesting thing here is that it's skewing younger and more female too, I think, um, Damien, is that right? Yeah, it's definitely skewed very female. Um, close to 70% of our admits actually have been female. And you don't get to those kind of box office numbers without people going on multiple occasions. So it has been something where people have, uh, particularly females, have gone in groups. Uh, they've gone multiple times. And it has skewed a, a little bit younger, um, probably more in that under 40 area but really resonated from uh you know teen teen girls upwards which is a such a powerful demographic and obviously one that guy in the val morgan team likes uh likes to present to advertisers blokes they're not so fussed by this i saw it i thought it was great but i'm clearly uh zigging when the blokes are zagging am i well i saw it as well i actually really oh, that's you and me it. both yeah, well, no, it's uh, it's one actually. When when you say to guys, "Oh, if you've seen Barbie, they kind of look at you like, why would I go and see Barbie?" But once again, what what's happened here? It's it's an incredible piece of original content and the interpretation of it. But one of the things I loved about it is that it's Mattel IP we're dealing with here. They have Will Farrell as the president of the Mattel yes. Corporation, and they they really do take the piss out of it. It's. It's very brave. It's very original. And I think what we're seeing, uh, great movies have always led culture and, and Guy will talk about cultural moments, but the two biggest movies this year, Super Mario and Barbie, are, I guess, nostalgic IP and the two movies have been a reinvention with a modern interpretation around those. And our, uh, our Australian actress, Margot Robbie, who's led the charge here, is uh, going to make a lot of money as a producer on on this content. Because that's right, she she was lead and she produced it, so um, good times ahead for Margot. The other interesting thing I think that uh, we were talking earlier about is that um, last year the top 10 movies globally at the box office were sequels, I think. Now, this is probably a bit of a breakout, and yes, it's, a, it's some IP, but it's never been a movie before, right? So it's actually a piece of original content, first instalment. Absolutely, and it's it's it has created a a marketing wave behind it, and and we've seen a few of these things um, in recent times, and a lot of them female generated. Um, obviously, the Taylor Swift ticket demand, um, people going after that, largely female again. Most recently, obviously, the Matildas in the Soccer World Cup have captured the imagination, and. And Barbie's certainly done that. And, and and when people flock to the cinemas, what we do see is our premium cinemas. So obviously our Lux cinemas here at Hoyts, the gold class offering of event and village, et cetera, people want to do it in style as well. So they're, they're, they're booking for a, uh, a night out where they're going to have something to eat and drink in the cinema as well. So it's, it's certainly a good time for the cinemas. And then the other thing which, which really encourages me in terms of cinema going is these kind of movie events and marketing phenomena bring the light cinema goer out to the cinema. So in terms of us being able to track on our loyalty members, something like 15% of people coming haven't been to the cinema on our records for the last year. So that's that's great to see people getting back in. Barbie's it. doing that, yeah, bringing almost lapsed uh, cinema goers back. Yeah, both Barbie and Oppenheimer have, have, have done that. So it's... um. 
It's it's good times and um, certainly after what we've been through as an industry coming out of COVID and suggestions of, you know, streaming um, damaging cinema long term, it's just a, uh, it's, it's, it's a great reminder of just uh, that, you know, cinema is our number one cultural out-of-home activity and uh, it's back bigger and better than ever. What about Oppenheimer, Damien? Who's going to see that? What do those numbers look like? You know, we're skewing younger, obviously, with Barbie and, and more female. What's Oppenheimer doing? Yeah, it's fair to say Oppenheimer's a little bit the opposite. It's skewing slightly more male and, and obviously a little older in the demographic. It's a more discerning uh, audience. But it still has, once again, to get to the figures as it's delivering in the box office, it has very broad appeal and, um, you know, people of all ages enjoy it. It is a, it is a long movie. Uh, it's an in-depth movie, but it's a brilliant piece of movie making and I would, I would think that right now Oppenheimer is in the front seat to clean up at the Academy Awards next February. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. has got Best Supporting Actor already locked up and um, probably a number of the other people and areas of that movie will, will clean up next year. Well, you were talking about how your Lux cinemas were, um, were seeing some good growth. Can you quantify that? What are you seeing there? Are they booked out or the numbers are up or what happens? Yeah, absolutely. We've been pretty much booked out in a lot of the sessions, particularly on the weekends. People are booking early and um, we had the first three weeks of Barbie we, we and Oppenheimer, we had our record attendances in our premium offering, which is Lux, which, which we have in uh, about 16 of our cinemas across uh, Australia and New Zealand. So, And I know, once again, Event and Village have had, had a similar kind of thing, which means People are making a vent of it. We we generally, in a, a lux consumer, we will make probably three times the money that we would normally make out of someone going in general admission. So they're, they're people who want to have a great experience and, and not afraid to open the wallet to do that either. Just on the, well, no, we've talked a little bit about it, but did you see this coming? Did you see Barbie, Barbenheimer? Did you see it coming, Damien, to the extent? I'd Probably nobody did, but, you know, I've got to ask the question, how smart are you? Well, the simple answer is no. Uh, we, we originally, we, we try and forecast on movies and it's always a little bit more challenging on original content. And I think on Barbie, uh, the Hoyts experts, that's outside of me, had a 20 to $25 million target on that movie. I seen some of the publicity. I went to a, a, a publicity event in Sydney that Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig Grat and all the hype around that. And I came back and said, listen, I think this movie could do $35 million and was pretty much kind of laughed out of the room by the experts. And um, that's uh, less than half of what it'll actually do. So, no, yes. we didn't see it coming. But Don't if, see you're it coming. Wrong, if you're going to be wrong on a forecast, it's much better to be wrong when there's upside as opposed to when there's downside. Yes, I'm sure everyone's happy about their mistake in this one, even the boss, I'm sure. So Guy Burbage, now, like we've talked a little bit about this culture stuff. Uh, You've been pretty active in market, I think, um, thumping the drum about how brands have been too narrow and and how they tap mass culture, but mostly via sport. Can you just recap recap that thinking and what you've been saying to the market because it seems Barbenheimer might be a proof point that, um, again, makes you look like you're quite smart. Yeah, so simply, simply put, we think that the, uh, the, cultural, uh, the cultural media landscape is a lot wider than just sport, which is, and what we've seen over the probably the last three to five years is this tendency for clients just to think of sport or potentially top three TV programs. 
Um, and we think cinema, along with the aforementioned esports, you know, live music, theatre, etc., has just got a much bigger role to play in that consideration set. And I think Barbie is a Barbie points to that exact moment where it's it's you know it's captured the imagination of huge audiences and it's talkability and brands are really benefiting off that. And so from our research, we see, you know, we see incredible results when you when you get involved with the top with the top uh, cultural moments that we have in cinema, we know that we deliver better brand outcomes than just buying um, standard audience. And that is, you know, and we see that consistently time and time again. So, you know, for us, it's not a surprise. I think we support, certainly supporting Damien in the sense of, you know, how well Barbie has gone and how well it's been marketed. But for brands to jump on board and take advantage of that, it's, it's a massive win for them. What are some of the stats there, though? When you say it's, you know, cinema's got, cultural moments and the, and you're really good. How do you back that up? Have you got some data? Yeah, we segmented um, over 30 case studies of uh, looking at big cultural moments versus spots and dots. Um, and we've got data that shows through awareness, consideration um, and trust. The metrics can be anywhere between upwards of 70% up as high as 115% up versus uh, the control um, research studies. So it's tangible, it's real, and we can, you know, we know where our next 10 cultural moments are really. So, you know, we're a real powerful consideration set in there. But as, you know, as as we mentioned up at the front, it's certainly, you know, playing that role with sport, uh, I think is really important. Um, how has that um, sort of argument gone down in market, Guy, about cinema and culture? Are people believing you? Look, the good news is um, we're good at sales, but also people are buying, they are buying into it. So yeah, look, it's absolutely resonating. And, and this last sort of week has seen the performance of Barbie and the ubiquitous of ubiquitous nature of the marketing has really has seen a load of more calls coming through from big brands going, right, how can I be part of this? Um, so it's starting to it's starting to really take hold. So are they wanting to tap Barbie or tapping the cultural stuff that you're saying is being missed? Both. Right. Yeah, a bit of both. So tapping the short-term uh, nature of the overperformance of Barbie, but also just, right, well, what's next and how can we be a part of that that conversation in culture? For cinema and, and the box office with Barbie and Barbenheimer, uh, which brands saw this coming? Who backed it? And, and what have they been doing, Guy? So the ones um, that backed it from a, a Van Morgan perspective, so you had Kia um, with the Celtos uh, model, you had Chemist Warehouse, Nintendo, uh, Amy and, and Modibody are probably just a, f- a handful of the highlights. And they've, you know, what they were looking for is that alignment, the incremental reach and the big screen impact. So, you know, you don't have to, it's not overcomplicated, um, but they've, they took the jump and they went in there and they're absolutely benefiting, benefiting off that um, significant over delivery. Do you know how they've been activating in market though? What have they been doing beyond, I guess, you know, the big ads on the big screen and cinema? What else have they been, how have they been tapping that? Well, there's different. So with us, those are the brands that are appearing on screen, but there are brands that have have really tapped into um, the IP of it. So, you know, you, you can think of grilled burgers, um, producing pink shakes, pink burgers, pink buns, etc. They've really tapped into their and, and their sales. And then the product has sold out. Chartime, another good example where they've created product and connected that to the IP and the colors. Um and uh, yeah, so there's there's a range of different way f- ways forward. But what this has ignited is a lot of conversations going. Okay, you know what? How do we think about IP differently? How do we go beyond the screen? How do we um, and maximise all of the assets available to us? So I'm hoping that it sort of really reinvigorates that that IP discussion in Australia um, off the back of the strength of Barbie. 
And just more broadly, Guy, how is the ad market more broadly tracking in your in your eyes? It's there's been a little bit of uh, pressure out there for many. I keep hearing that you know cinema might be having a few happy cultural moments um, at the moment in terms of advertisers and brands coming back, but it is pretty short overall. I think. Yeah, look, it's definitely short, but that's been a you know that's probably been a feature of the market for the last three or four years. But our, the market seems to be holding up. Our long term indicators look good. Our pacing looks good into Q four. And the conversations look good. So, you know, you've got to be able to play the short-term market to pick up on that because there definitely is some challenges out there. But at the mar- moment, the market looks strong. And, and we turned the half uh, 11% up when the market was down four overall from Jan to June. So, you know, we're pleased with that result. Um, but there is definitely more to come. Damien Keogh, I might just, um, we'll wrap this up shortly, but I wanted to get the bigger picture from you on the box office. Um, how will 2023 finish up? Uh, and what does next year look like? Yeah, we're looking uh, pretty good now, obviously, off the back of Barbie and uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, we're probably tracking at, at the moment 5 5% ahead of last year's box office. I think the way that we're shaping up, we should crack the $1 billion mark um, this year, which which is a, a great recovery and getting back towards those kind of pan, pre-pandemic um, times. The outlook for 24 looks even more encouraging, so that pipeline of um, production once again, post-COVID is, is really picking up. Obviously, there's a little bit of a, a cloud hanging over at the moment just on the full impact of the actors and writers strike in, in Hollywood. So uh, definitely we've got fingers crossed that gets sorted out sooner rather than later so that uh, there's not too much impact there. But um, overall, it's looking increasingly positive. 2024 then, Damien, you're talking about a billion-dollar-plus take. Is that, is that what you're saying or is it this year? Uh, we should hit a billion dollars this year, the way we're tracking, yeah. Right. And when was the last time you did that? 2019. Okay, right. All right. So the next year we'll be up on that. We're certainly optimistic it will be, yeah. So, Damien, just, I just wanted to come back to a really interesting initiative that happened, at least in the Australian market. I know there are two different um, studios, Universal and Warners, that did Barbenheimer, but in Australia – they were almost jointly marketed. Can you just tell us how that came about and what happened? It kind of worked, right? The joint marketing actually worked. Universal um, Studios is the distributor for Warner's content in Australia. So they marketed both movies locally. So they really played up on the Barbenheimer type of thing and wrote off each other. They had a very, very strong uh, Barbie publicity tour uh, with Margot Robbie um, being very prominent in that, dressed in her pink Barbie outfits. Um, so it certainly garnered a lot of interest and a lot of momentum overall. Great. Now, I'm going to wrap this up with um, some inside tips from people who know stuff, right? So if you you guys keep talking about culture and movies, um, what in the next 12 months uh, is some tips about how brands, agencies, the market should tap more of this and what titles? There you go. This I'm going to give it all away. What you've seen with Barbie is an incredible array of um, brand partnerships and how to do and leverage IP marketing well. And I think it's absolutely paid off. So, you know, what we're already seeing is conversations about clients going, okay, well, how can I, you know, where's the next 10 Barbies that you've got? Mm. So, and I'm hoping, as I said earlier, that I think this this could be a real opportunity or reinvigoration of, of IP marketing in Australia, which, you know, hasn't been done in great depth before. So I think from a couple of titles, from my perspective, there'll be another Minions um, next year and then there's Wicked at the end of the year, slated for the end of the year, which, um, you know, look, looks potentially super interesting and a, and a 
and a possible cultural moment. And have you already put your request into the studio for Barbie 2, Guy? Along with a, a very long and long and distinguished list of other titles as well. Yes. Damien, just for you in terms of tips and brands thinking about movies and culture and, and, and box office takings and, and the numbers coming through, just some final thoughts on that for the blue chip brands. Yeah, there's some great titles coming out next year. A, a number of sequels of proven box office success movies and once again, some original ideas. I mean, on the back end of this year, I'm super excited for Dune to the second part of, of that movie. That looks fantastic. Uh, as we go into next year, a really, really solid lineup. Um, in March, we've got a Kung Fu Panda 4 coming out. A Quiet Place uh, with Emily Blunt, which has just done great business. Godzilla vs. Kong. There's a Snow White movie in April. Lord of the Rings. Deadpool 3 uh, with Ryan Reynolds in May. And uh, also Furiosa, which is another one of the Mad Max George Miller movies, which is proven box office gold. Another Planet of the Apes movie. There's just a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is out in June, as Guy said, Despicable Me 4. Uh, there's a Lion King movie, a rack, new Captain America uh, Marvel movie. So we're really in for a, a very crowded and very positive slate for 2024 uh, already. And I think what we're seeing with brands seeing the success of Barbie, they're going, oh, why, why didn't we get it into that? Or why didn't we recognise that? And um, I know we've got a lot of marketers out there who are going, hey, if I get, if I can attach myself to one of these movies early and plan a bit of marketing around it, I can really get a big bang for my buck. Well, it's interesting with those, that list you rattled off, though, Damien. Again, back to the sequels there. There's a lot of sequels in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And once again, you know, the, the, the top 10 movies in 2022 were basically all sequels or, or proven. I guess what you call IP, and and there will be original IP come out yeah. uh, amongst them. But uh, you know, when you're running a cinema like we we are in Hoyts, when you're running cinemas, it is also nice to have uh, proven box office success coming through. Yeah, bankable product, right? So Damien Keo, Guy Burbage, really interesting, and I really look forward to seeing um, how you know Barbenheimer continues because well, there's some legs in it yet, Damien. Absolutely, it's uh, it's certainly going to go up. I think to um, to surpass Avengers: Endgame as one of the top five box office movies all time in Australia. Cultural zeitgeist. Thanks for your time. I look forward to a catch up on cinema again in the coming months. Stay safe. Thank you. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.